What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. Big time, dog. So we were talking about previously about anime, and I don't, I don't have any real. This is what no, this is what we gotta do to get you people to listen to us more. It's our alcoholism and anime podcast. And I said and I didn't really start it off. All right, Naruto. Uh, no, a little hot, but being like, no, I don't like anime at all. So that's pretty much ends the anime <laughs> portion of our podcast. <clears throat> well, unless you have some more, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. How do you <clears throat> feel about anime? I don't. Anime is not really my thing. It never has no, been. I haven't really been watching. You know, I don't want to say this like. This sounds really fucking pretentious, but I just haven't been into watching TV programs lately, or I've been kind oh. of like <laughs> pinkies out. <clears throat> I know. Well, I just, I don't know. Maybe I, that's. I mean, I watched. I watched too much fucking political bullshit on YouTube, probably. Ah, oh, so poisonous. So do I. I feel like I'm taking horrible poisonous medicine, but I do it anyway. <laughs> and I was watching. I, so that's not entirely true. I did start watching Perry Mason on HBO, but then I canceled What'd the you HBO. Think? I liked it oh. at first, but I, I canceled the HBO. I go back and forth where I'm like, I'll have it for one month, and I'm like, 15 bucks. Like, I need 15 bucks, you know? And I'm trying to yeah. – because I, I know that the – I feel the impending unemployment coming my way, and I'm thinking, do I really need the HBO? Do I really need to find out what happens to Fatty Arbuckle? Or, uh, right. or um, Perry Mason in the, in the case of the – little charlie or whatever it was so little, little charlie i finished it last night the yeah. whole season was it good yeah yeah it was really good it was it was i enjoyed it very much i like the whole arc of perry mason going from st- fucked up detective who's like pretty much a high let's say mid-functioning alcoholic <laughs> into like a lawyer who's still a mid-functioning alcoholic you know maybe he's low function he's like a step away from homelessness what do you <laughs> There was what do you what do you think it is about um that trope not just with detectives and cops but with people in general this sort of high functioning or mid functioning alcoholic that we love to watch like what is the what is the allure of this really like we know from living it sad painful uncomfortable oftentimes dysfunctional you know the relationship he has with the with the um the pilot, right? That woman, yeah. And mm-hmm. you know, well, she's always trying to buy the fucking house, and he's like, "No, I don't want to sell the house." So there's like this underlying thing of like, is she fucking right. him for the house? But right. You know, but what is it it's about? So funny that? you bring that up. Yeah. 
I haven't finished. Well, it, no, just uh, I want to talk about that one point, and mm-hmm. then I'll move on to your question. But okay, I, after we finished the show, I was like, that relationship he has with that Mexican woman, uh huh, is in my eyes when I was an active alcoholic would have been the perfect relationship. <laughs> it would have been fucking perfect because she comes over, she brings you tequila, she has weird sex with you, and then she tries to buy your house and then leaves. And then just leaves. Mm -hmm. And he, like, heaves abuse on her, like emotional abuse. You know, he doesn't, like, you know, hit her or anything. But he just is emotionally, actively mean to her. Yeah. Emotionally abusive. And she's just like, I don't give a fuck what you're doing, little guy. I just want to buy your house and have sex with you and bring you Mm -hmm. mezcal. And then fly you in a plane somewhere cool. And then we can drink mezcal and have sex in a fountain or something. And I'm like, this woman is like, I'm like, look at my wife. I'm like, listen, I love you. I'm in recovery now. I don't know if you know this, but I don't drink anymore. I was like, but when I was drinking, I would have that would have been the ideal for me. Now, to answer your question, I I don't it's it's weird, right? Because that is a very common trope. The alcoholic is an incredibly common trope, especially the down on his luck alcoholic. And I don't know if it's something we relate to as a culture that people who are non-alcoholics know an alcoholic so they can be like, "Oh, I relate to that feeling." Um uh, because when I see someone even a high-functioning alcoholic on a TV show or something, I feel empathy for them. Like, I feel bad for them. I feel sad for them. I relate to them in some ways, and other, depending on how well they're written, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I honestly think it's just a relatable thing, and maybe that's their way of expressing this person is so down on their luck, or this person is at the lowest point in their life, and they need to have that summit they need to like scale up and and change and or just yeah. maintain maintain that kind of rock bottom shit you know yeah I, it's just like the trope with the recovering alcoholic who's always on the verge of having a drink i hate that trope i hate it mm-hmm. i would love to see someone in on a tv show or movie who's a recovering alcoholic who isn't always on the verge of getting loaded like to me i just think it's so lazy that they're like well now it's time to drink because I went to one AA meeting in episode one, you know, hmm. like that has always pissed me off. I'm like, I'd love to see one where they're not tempted to drink, where it's not a life or death thing, you know, mm-hmm. that they're not sitting there with a bottle they have. Like, why are you carrying a bottle around with you if you got fucking eight years sober? Right. Is that what do you are you what are you talking about something specific or is there? They're just always the only one I think I've seen where the dude isn't on the verge of drinking is like fucking House of Cards, right? But right. like. They did it in um, Bates Motel. Not Bates Motel. They did it in um, uh, Castle Rock, which is a Stephen King anthology show with a, um, with a character on it. They've done it. They've A lot of horror shows I watch it in, they do it. Yeah. I think they did it in The Walking Dead. They just do it all the time. They just Every time you have a character, you're like, oh, that guy's a fucking drug addict. The killing... Like they're all, um, that guy's gonna relapse or that woman's gonna relapse, and I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. Why does that even have to? Because it's it's really easy conflict. It's lazy to me. It's yeah. lazy writing. It is an easy conflict, and it's that sort of. Yeah. I, I'm thinking about you know I know I love that I started this podcast off with that. I'm, I haven't been watching a lot of TV lately, but let's talk. about And now we're gonna shows. talk about TV. Um, yeah. Yeah. My pretentious ass. Um, Goliath Just, mm. with uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, it's on Amazon. I haven't seen it. So he's uh-huh. he's a he's a high powered well he's he's a high functioning he's a low mid-functioning drunk and a high-powered lawyer and so but he also like he's goliath because he goes he's david and goliath so he goes for the he fights for the little guy against the big corporation Mm -hmm. whatever that might be blah 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 
but he's always got this personal struggle and we don't know where the mom is and he's dealing with you know his daughter and his daughter's cleaning up after him and there's like this this thing where all these people are helping him right and so like this idea that if he can just help somebody else in this setting of like helping this little small person this little guy get on over this corporation or somebody's making somebody sick like some company's making people sick or they're stealing water mm-hmm. or whatever it is like that's his way of trying to redeem his bad behavior in every other aspect of his life every personal you know he lives in a motel next to a bar and so he's always right. at the bar he's falling asleep in the booth like he's not even right. he's not even one of these drunks Which... that sits at the bar he's got his own <laughs> booth in the back corner right you think that'd make him a super unreliable lawyer? Yeah, <laughs> like he's just hung over all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's just I think culturally, non-alcoholics know at least one alcoholic, mm-hmm. and I think lots of them know them intimately, like it's their father or brother or spouse or mother or wife, you know. And uh, I think that's one of those things that people can relate to. But I think the the fictionalized Hollywood version of it is really kind of does a disservice to recovering alcoholics when they do that because mm-hmm. I feel like. It throws into the common kind of the common conversation that a recovering alcoholic is always on the verge of fucking their shit up, which in some senses we are, but maybe not always with booze. You know, maybe we're just on the verge of fucking shit up with our bad attitudes or unwillingness to change mm-hmm. or inability to get better, John. There, and thank you very much for today's letter. I always feel like I want to have like a Muppet come out and be like, today's episode is brought to you by the letter G. Yeah. Near far. Yeah. Like Grover. Cheese for Grover. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to talk about getting better and like what that means to us personally right. and what that means in general. And um, so I do want to say really quickly too, thanks to all the Patreon uh, patrons. We appreciate you. It's super awesome. If yeah. you want to join us there, it's uh, patreon.com slash AIFA. And uh, you can always get the um, uh, you get early episodes. You get the episode early, um, right? And every once in a while, we'll throw out a little morsel, little extra. We can get it together. Extra too. podcast, yeah. some extra some content. Bonus content. We can get it together. If we're not watching TV shows and John's just not meditating peacefully in a grove, <laughs> yeah. drinking some herbal tea, and being better than the rest of us. Uh huh. I was. It's true. Well, I, this afternoon I was. I was picking peaches out of the tree. Oh, jeez. In toe shoes. You're just in your little toe shoes. Do you I, ride in those individual toe shoes? Or I kind of no? want to try it. Yo. I mean, do what you got to do, fashion wise. I still comb my hair before I run, so I don't, I'm a mess, dude. I don't. Um, you don't even comb your hair before the podcast. Right? I know. I was thinking about that too when I was sitting down, and I was thinking so. Should I comb my hair? Because I wore a hat one time, and a, you know this is going online. So anybody out there who's watching this, is... I watch them every once in a while. Do you? Everyone. When you miss mm-hmm. me? <laughs> yeah, I do. I think, I'm, and it Megan's like, I'm like, God, oh, we're, we're so whatever. It's some negative thing I'll say because I'm so self conscious, and then Megan's like, You guys look good. You guys look good. And like she's so fucking positive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I look a lot better than he used to. I tell you that much, man. Every. You look way better than you used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that's probably one of the reasons why we weren't recording uh, video for this in the beginning. Could you imagine? Oh, yeah. 
That would just be a, both of us eating fiddle faddle. <laughs> Did you just eat? Just be vaping and eating candy. I mean, I still vape, but just eating mm-hmm. candy through the whole thing, mm-hmm. dealing with our fucking yeah alcoholism. Yeah. Um, but it's just this this that total trope of like, and yeah, you're right because this is a fictionalized thing because there's no way that a person could drink as much as these characters drink and function. Yeah. You know, I just I don't believe it. I I feel like it's such an exceptionally rare thing you know right i think out like you're the super drunk right you know what i'm saying sorry i didn't mean to interrupt no, you go ahead no and just like i think maybe you know we we maybe hunter s thompson is one of those people but he was also <sighs> yeah. doing lots and lots and lots of drugs ups and downs and ups and downs you know but he never you never hear him talk about the pain like there was you know it's or always the hangovers or the hangovers yeah you know, I mean, I think Bukowski talked a little bit more about hangovers, but um, yeah, he did. But yeah, it's just this idea of getting better, and I think that, like, when I, when I, when I'm not feeling well, when I get sick, when I, whether it's a chest cold, you know, knock on wood, these days, or you know, my ankles hurt when I go running, there's this whole process of assessing the problem. And then looking for the treatment for that problem and mm-hmm. and then applying that treatment and, you know, doing it continually like, you know, antibiotics, you're not supposed to stop taking them because even if you don't feel whatever the I was going to call it a curse, but <laughs> whatever the ailment is, <laughs> the curse has been lifted, <clears throat> the cur- right? It's still in you. It can yeah. still be in you. And so I think that I feel like alcoholism is that way that we have to we have to take our anti antibiotics every single day and yeah. those but in a spiritual way in a spiritual way and yeah, yeah. and like that's it's a hard spiritual that's a hard thing for people that's a hard pill for people to swallow right like spirituality yeah and um yeah it's weird man uh i think that i somebody was asking me about like what was my what is what like john what is your um Somebody new to the program, very, very new, mm-hmm. was asking me what my my uh, my higher power was. And I said, well, you know, it's still been pretty vague uh, five years on. I felt little flashes, little notions of it, uh, some, things that were a little bit, seemed a little bit beyond coincidence, you know? And mm-hmm. um, I was like, okay, so that's that, and that's that, and that, and why did that happen? And so I always give people the um i've said this before i'll say it again god to me is like a roommate that i got off of craigslist i don't know very well yeah mm-hmm. he we live together right uh he's my roommate he works opposite hours we don't really see each other all that much um but as long as i do the dishes i you know clean up in the common areas and i pay my rent he cleans up after himself and he pays his rent right and so the hey dude and i love this analogy mm-hmm. i just want to interject yeah to this analogy is that also every once in a while, if he's in a good mood, he leaves you like a little treat in mm, the fridge. Mm-hmm. He'll be like, hey, I got you an extra water burger or something. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, That's the way I, because when you first brought up this analogy, I loved it. And I still love it to this day. Like I use it, you know, mm-hmm. and I always think, well, he leaves you a little treat. He's like, hey, here's a bag, of extra bag of M&Ms I got, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no. And that's, that's what those little things. And I think that I found in the program, they call it 
God shots, right? You get a little, yeah. you get a little mm-hmm. shot of God in you, you know. And, which is yeah. funny that you know, in a in a program of addicts, we talk about getting a shot of something. Right. right? I always thought it was like God oh, shot. Oh, like, like a that's shot the of way whiskey. I. Well, that's the way mm-hmm. I perceived it when mm-hmm. I heard it. It was like boom, a little hot, little kick of God a little, there, little, the... little snort of. Um, so like that's that was the best way that I could come up with to you know to understand it because it's so vague and i've said this too before about god as a metaphor for what well we don't know we just have this feeling Mm -hmm. a lot of us and it's different for everybody and so in just an attempt to try and have a conversation about it we give it this name and we call it god and that name that word is just a placeholder for the feeling the notion the uh concept whatever it is spiritually right in our hearts all that kind of stuff and so that has been whether or not i really want to admit it like that's been a pretty important part of it i'd like to say that well you know if you just you know don't drink and you'll be fine but i think without those things without my my little rituals and my little prayers um it's it's not going to stick. So that's the that's mm-hmm. the antibiotics that I take every single day because I don't know if the disease is gone. It might be. You know what, Jerry? Like it quite possibly might be. I could I could throw the book away. I could stop going to Zoom meetings. Mm-hmm. We could stop, you know, God forbid, we could stop doing this and everything would be fine, right? right? Like everything well, could be fine. I mean, fine. the true test would be whether or not mm. you can just drink like a gentleman. Right? Wouldn't that See? be? Wouldn't that be the thing? Like, if I were cured of it, or if it mm-hmm. were gone, could I sit down and drink like a normal person? And you won't know until you do. And I doubt you will. I mean, I doubt I will. I, I doubt I, I will can't too. speak for you, podcast listener, <laughs> but I can speak for old Jerry. Mm-hmm. And I really have a strong suspicion that I cannot drink normally. It's beyond a strong suspicion. It's a known fact. I can't do it. Yeah, I've tried it. I tried it. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So I just, I think that, yeah, if, if I could drink like a gentleman, but I, I don't think so either. I am very, very suspicious that of that, of that notion that I could, mm-hmm. I could sit and have one drink and be like, oh, that was nice. Let's, um, let's get back to work. You know what I mean? Or whatever yeah, it is. Or let's just go to bed now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I have to do these things every single day. And I, I was also... Um, I was, th- I, I like to, we make a lot of references to physical activity, I think, because it seems easier to kind of see the results of that in our own faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about, somebody else was asking me about like prayer and like, what is praying? Like, who are you praying to? And I said, well, I don't think that I'm really praying to someone. It's more yeah. of like, right. So I'm setting an intention for right. what I want for today or even in this moment or for for myself. Although if you read in the book, you know, they, they talk about, you know, the best way to use prayer is to pray for somebody else. And right. I think that that's, that's, that's a fair point. Right. Um, but I, then I was thinking, Oh, prayers like pushups, Jerry, you can't just do one. Huh? You can't just right. do one. You have to do, you have to do, you know, you have to do it consistently over a period of time to see to any, see any improvement. Yeah, to see any results. That's a better word. Yeah. Um, ah, so look at that. 
That's some galaxy brain shit. That's like some. <laughs> so, and I, I know this because I did, I, for the month of July, I did 100 push ups a day, right? You saw my, mm-hmm. my ridiculous. I appreciate you dude. sharing it. <laughs> yeah. You got that no background checks, dude, because you're at the gun show, dude. No background checks. The, uh, the, the Magnum PI video that I did. For that, that shit was so fucking funny. That reminded me, I got to be honest, that reminded me of old drinking John. Uh-huh. But the funny part's old drinking John, yeah. I, just, I was like, like, this is some wild, like you're doing yoga on a bench. <laughs> Listeners, if you haven't seen this, you got to go to John's Instagram. What's your Instagram? It's at uh, SonicJohn000. All right, so you got to go to that and look up the, the his Magnum PI, his, his Slumper PI video. It's just great. That's some classic old John right there. That's I was impressed that I got a shot of you stumbling out of the lake. <laughs> like Yes, jeez. I was trying to be all majestic, and I, I realized I couldn't hold my footing. <laughs> We're going off the path here, but I, uh, you're very lucky, though, that you have these paths in Sonoma that there's not a lot of people on. So you, you can set up your yeah. camera and just act fucking ridiculous and take whatever shot you want without the chance of someone running by. Yeah. Right? So the path I run, and I've thought about it, like, oh, I, I should film myself to see it, mm-hmm. see what I look like. You know, make sure I don't run weird, that I don't mm-hmm. look weird or whatever. But, yeah, I just have too much. I'm too self-conscious because mm-hmm. I know there's always – other people on the path. I spend half the time on the road anyway because I'm trying not to run next to anybody on the path. But yeah, slumper pi. You work it. Na- Are you praying the whole time too? You're doing no. the push-ups. You pray, <laughs> praying so. that they're over. Praying that they're over. That's for sure, yeah. man. But but I think about it in that way now, where I have actually seen consistent, and this is just you know whatever. Here I am talking about my fucking biceps, but like I've seen a consistent. Right. I've seen a result as of my consistent action over the period of a month. And mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit, that works. I didn't think I could do it to begin with. And now here I right. am six weeks later, like, yeah, you know, drop and give me 20. I can do that. Right. So so the thing with prayer in me getting better is I, I look at it as part of my daily antibiotics. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> I, I usually write mine down. But I've been I've been messing around with like doing a little something uh, at night where I'll wait before I enter the room before I go to bed, and mm-hmm. um, and I'm still trying to like sort out like the ritual around it, right? Like we have, we have like little routines and rituals, and we figure out how to do them and what works best and how we can mm-hmm. do them consistently. And um, so and I go, what what do I accept for today? Like what? What do I accept? I accept I accept a good night's sleep. I accept that tomorrow will, I will wake up rested. I will wake up refreshed. I accept that the people in my life are comfortable and happy. I accept that I am cared for and I am able to share what I have with other people when they need it or something like that, right? So whatever right. it is, whatever mm-hmm. the thing is. And so I've been doing that like, okay, I accept. And then I can kind of go to bed. So I've been messing around with that and sort of like trying to, you know, piece by piece cobble together some sort of actual program of prayer and meditation, which, right. as we mm-hmm. know, this shit takes forever. So, you know, to anybody out there listening who's just getting started with this shit, it just takes time. And it takes Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Um, but it might it might never happen, too, though. <laughs> it might never happen. I may never, never know. get it. I mean, but, yeah. but isn't yeah. that isn't that part of but it might happen and but I it's might. not really 
about the end result. No. Right? No. I mean, you're not doing, you were doing the push ups to test yourself, yes. to see if you were capable of doing it. You saw a result from it. And if you stop doing them, the result you have goes away. But the end result, it's not like you hit a spot in this physical activity and you're like, okay, I'm done working out. I remember having a conversation with a coworker and he always would joke about how much he hates fucking working out because you have to do it all the time. Mm -hmm. But in his mind, working out was just to get physically fit so girls would have sex with him. And I was like, that's (laughs) not the fucking point. That Mm -hmm. the point of working out is that you feel better, that your heart rate gets better, that your blood pressure gets better, that you don't get fucking diabetes, that you can go to sleep at night. You know, those are the things. So you need to do those things every day so you feel better. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just one of those things where even with the practice of meditation and prayer, if you have a set goal in mind, it's going to, I, in my opinion, it's going to be harder to achieve because it's not about the set goal. It's about the practice of it. The practice of it is the goal itself, you mm-hmm. know? And it is always hard at first because in this culture, we're not taught how to do any of that shit. I wasn't taught that in America and Nogales, Arizona on the border. Nobody was like, hey, what you do here is you meditate, all right? You know, like nobody showed me that shit. Mm-hmm. So that it's difficult to wrap my head around. And I, I do the same thing, John. Like I, I pray, but I'm not... And I, I, I was raised... Catholic, so my prayers are a little they're not necessarily religious but they have that template around them because that's what i was taught as a kid but it's never like i don't know it's never like this asking for anything if anything i want strength other than any like emotional strength but even that i know is not like oh i ask for this and i get it do you know what i mean no. like it's just more of a it actually helps me with my insomnia at this point because I had, and I know you deal with sleeping issues as well, and I have them periodically have sleeping issues. And I found that when I said that little prayer, and I always mention every few podcasts about praying every night, but when I said that little prayer to myself, just laying in my bed, my eyes closed, I ended up falling asleep every time halfway through doing it. So I was like, oh shit, this is, maybe this is what I need from it. It's not only this thing of gratitude and this practice of trying to be mindful, or for me, it's not mindful. It's more taking inventory at the end of the day. Actually, actually, it is. I take inventory at the end of the day. What I did wrong, what I'd like to improve, what I, you know, all that shit. And I usually pass out halfway through doing it. You know, hmm. I, then I wake up and I'm like, oh shit, I never finished that one. But I mean, how do you even finish your prayer anyway? You're like, love, love, Jerry. Love, yeah. <laughs> Dear God, you know, I want that WAP. Love, Jerry. <laughs> I had to fucking throw a WAP joke in there. I think, well, WAP could stand for uh, Wild Ass Podcast, you know? Like, yeah, dude, or just, <laughs> we all pray. We all pray. There you go. WAP. We all pray. We all pray. Wet ass pussy. Yeah. <laughs> so I think uh, that's great, man, that, that you found something that helps you fall asleep. So I don't think it well, really yeah. fucking matters what it is. But I right. mean,. If it helps, you I mean, fall I probably asleep. won't fall asleep tonight now because I'm bragging about that shit, mm-hmm. and my body's like, knock, 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 you know. Right. But anyway, as I yeah, have my knows. coffee at three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, right. That's me, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, going back to something you said earlier about the the practice versus the goal, and it reminds yeah. me of um, Kenny Powers from Eastbound and Down. He's like, "What do I want to uh-huh. be the best at exercising?" You yeah, know? exactly, <laughs> dude. Exactly. As a matter of fact, I think my friend used that fucking quote, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh man, that's not the point at all." We'll no. be the best at exercising. Mm-hmm. 
Have you? He was in a movie we just watched recently called Arizona. Danny McBride was in no, it. No, I haven't seen it. It's it's, it's a horror movie. Oh. It's kind of a thriller. It's funny. He's in it, and he's this dude who like accidentally kills a guy and then just starts killing people to cover up him killing this guy. But he's always apologizing for it. I don't know. I would I would recommend it. Okay. I don't know. How your girlfriend is about watching violent movies and she's shit, not but. good with it. I mean, she's yeah. It depends. It depends I'd on say, the violence. Do it on your own. It's on Amazon. It's it's kind of bloody. She loves. She loves. She doesn't like gratuitous violence, but she loves mm-hmm. intention. Like she loves Goodfellas. Right. So, so it has there's a difference context. between Goodfellas yeah. and you know a horror movie. Hostile. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but, but not much not, though, not dude. Much. But I think there's the yeah. intentionality because the violence stems from the lack of respect i guess right. maybe there's something to mm-hmm. that i don't know um but it's on amazon it was pretty funny okay also you know if we're gonna do this movie tv thing i know we're trying to get deep and philosophical here but i watched a movie last night that made me so fucking happy hmm. it was it's called peanut butter falcon hmm? have you seen that movie with shia labeouf no it sounds familiar it's fucking great it, i like it was great i felt good because I, I haven't felt good during this quarantine i've had moments but like generally it's just kind of this like mm-hmm hopeless kind of weirdness but like i need those little nuggets of joy those little happiness i was like man i felt good but anyway i'd recommend that out there okay to people too if you need a little positivity in your life watch that shia labeouf poor guy i feel bad for him as a person but you know is he a mess is he going through yeah some dude stuff? he is a mess he's got a lot of psychological emotional problems and hmm. hopefully he'll figure it out because he's a good actor yeah yeah, this is our, our little fucking uh, gossip, our hot gossip pod. <laughs> I think, so yeah, I kind of, that's, I hadn't thought about it until we just started talking about it, but looking at the things that I do every day is the antibiotics I require for the, in, yeah. for the infection that may or may not be gone. And right. so right. I, I don't mm-hmm. have any idea and I'm certainly not, but we don't, we also don't go, well, I must be, I must be free of that infection. So I'm going to go play with a fucking dirty needle to find out right right? like we don't do that Mm -hmm. um once we're clear of it we stay clear of it whatever the the issue is we have tried to avoid the thing that gave us strep throat in the first place (laughs) yes um right so so those things the prayer and the meditation the writing is really helpful um i know that the physical activity which we i i don't I always say I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but it's it's made such an impact and such a difference in my mental state. And mm-hmm. I've heard this a lot with like action dictates mood. Okay. And you know, it's like, well, I feel bad, I feel down, I feel awful, my sobriety's not really working. Um, you know, I do it like today, doing push ups and, and squats and like doing the crunches and I'm just like, Oh man, I don't wanna fucking do that. It's like, well, that doesn't matter anymore, John. That doesn't matter. Yeah. You do that now, so go and do that. And as soon as I'm done with it, I'm like, oh, yeah. I got that done. So it's not like there's no – and I think oftentimes, especially in early sobriety, there's not necessarily joy in doing the work. It's the relief I get from having gotten it done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, it's, once again, going back into physical activity, it's once you do all of that physical labor of of the weight routine and everything, you may not feel great afterwards, but you feel better. Mm-hmm. Like your body usually get that little, I did five and a half miles today 
And I felt good for like 30 minutes. I felt good, like mm-hmm. really good. I was like, yeah, I feel fucking okay, you know, like mm-hmm. just mentally, physically, you know. So you get that little yeah. shot of endorphins or whatever. But yeah, I like your attitude. That's the attitude you have to have. And that's what I talk to a lot of people about, you know, when they're like, how'd you lose this weight or how'd you get in shape? And I'm like, I just do it. Even if I don't want to do it, I just fucking do it. Mm-hmm. And halfway through, I'm so in the groove of doing it that it's being done. Do you know what I mean? Because a lot of people have the best of intentions, even in recovery. They do a sober October or a no nut November or whatever you do. And it fucking, you know, like you, you have the best of intentions for that month and you feel really good for that month. And then you just go back to the thing because you don't want to do it anymore because it's a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. It's not drinking when you live in a drinking culture is a pain in the fucking ass. And then having to do emotional work to make sure that you feel better about not drinking is an even bigger pain in the ass because mm-hmm. sometimes it's unclear, you know? I mean, even the prayer thing is so unclear to me. I'm just doing what works. Like, like any other person can walk up and be like, why are you hammering that nail in with a screwdriver? And I'm like, this is just what worked for me in the moments. This is what <laughs> I've always done, you know? <clears throat> like, but I'm also open to have someone hand me a hammer. Right, yeah, that there are. Yeah, others, absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's why we do this, you know? And that's why... I'd like listen at meetings or listen to fucking other podcasts about recovery so I can mm-hmm. learn other things. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any other, are there any other like recovery podcasts that you listen to nowadays? Cause nah, not lately. I used to listen I, to Sobercast. Honk my horn. <laughs> Sobercast is the one that does the, the speaker meetings, right? Yeah. They do the speaker meetings and then I like those a lot. There was another one that just came out. I was curious about and I'm, it's called oh, it was called a podcast greater than yourself. Oh shit! <laughs> Maybe I, I'll check that out. I haven't I haven't dived into it yet, so I don't want to say mm-hmm. like it's great or it's terrible or anything. But um, mm-hmm. it just came up, and I was like, a podcast greater than your than ourselves or something. And I there thought it was, was pretty funny. One I found that was really popular, um, but I didn't like it. It was like two guys, but then all they talked about, like the whole thing was just them telling stories about when they were junkies but then Mm. there was nothing else to it other than that they're like Mm. yeah we're sober now but man we did so much heroin and then that was it really and Mm. then they would just tell heroin stories and i think and so i wasn't you know really feeling that i think part of that's important for the relatability especially in early society and knowing that knowing that the knowing that the people that are talking about how good it is to be sober aren't just full of shit Yes, dude. I'm not floating around on a fucking cloud over here being like, oh, I'm so much spiritually better than everybody else. Like, I'm a fucking shit show inside. Mm-hmm. Inside, it's like a dumpster inside of a dumpster on fire. It's like two dumpsters on fire banging against <laughs> each other, like in a big pool of crap. You know, it is. it is, And I'm Jesus. trying my hardest to, to like put one of the fires out, you know. Mm-hmm. But that being said, to me, that one part to podcast in particular, I just wasn't. I wanted to hear a little more recovery. I, and to me, the heroin use is really unrelatable to me because I was never into that. I'm mm-hmm. like a fucking pint of fucking bourbon dude whiskey in my river. back pocket. Yeah, yeah, I was on the Whiskey River, you know, catching the Rona, coconuts, you know. <laughs> that place was in the news again, by the oh, way. Oh, no. For giving more people the Rona. Are they still open? There's just... Hell yeah, it's like Missouri. They don't give a fuck, dude. They're Swim just like... Bar. Get in the fucking brine with the rest of us. Ugh. So, <laughs> so going back, what did you, so you just, you were just talking about like the anxiety and depression and stuff like that you deal with inside and that, 
and that sobriety yeah. has not lifted all of these problems. No, it hasn't um, lifted them. I think in the beginning, and I know that you turned me on to this one, and when I say the beginning, I mean you know early sobriety, you would say go to the speaker meetings. That's like where you hear the, all the blood and guts of like what people went through. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that was super important. And that was, you know, and not because I would gawk at it or sit there and listen oh. and be like, oh, yeah, I want to hear some nitty gritty, dirty, you know, oh, whatever. Yeah. But it was it was the stuff that was super relatable and helped me. It helped to open up my ears and open up my my mind and my heart or whatever, you know, about like, oh, OK, I can listen to this person. I can trust this person. Yeah. And yeah, I can get better. Like if this person can get better and oh my God, they, they, they used to have that much money and now they don't, or they used to have yeah. that much happiness and now they don't, or, or, you know, supposed whatever it was that, <clears throat> right. You know, cause a lot of these people, I listen to stories and they were making a lot of money or they were driving nice cars or they had a big house and then it's all gone. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I'm so much happier now without all that shit because I'm sober. Yeah. And now, five years on, six years on, for you, um, I feel I'm far more interested in the recovery aspect, the sobriety aspect, the things that work to keep me sober, rather than I'm less interested in the way that it was. So yeah, I yeah, same here actually, and I think it more comes from a place of. In the beginning, I needed to hear other people tell me how it was because I needed to hear my story. Mm-hmm. I really needed to hear my story so I wasn't alone. And when I first went into the rooms, I was very alone. I thought, I knew there were other alcoholics out there. My mom and dad are fucking alcoholics. But I didn't think they were alcoholics like I was an alcoholic. I thought I was my own special blend of alcoholism. <laughs> so when I heard someone say something, you know, a few things, and it just pinged. Like it just lit up in my head and i was like oh i'm not i'm not i don't have to be alone in this 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 lady gets it this this fucking grandma over here gets that fire that's in me she gets it she gets that ever consuming feeling i have that like it never goes away it just never fucking stops and it was so hard to explain to people who weren't alcoholics so to hear louise get up there and talk about Mm -hmm. that ever consuming fucking fire i was like this is where I need to be. I need to be around these people because they get it. Because I, I may come up to Louise with all my fucking tattoos and my fucking back then yellow fingers and smoking cigarettes and tell her that I get it and she'll get it back with me. Do you know what I mean? Like we are yeah. simpatico. Like mm-hmm. we understand it. And I just, I never felt that. I never even felt that in the bars, dude. Even talking to other alcoholics about that thing, you always forget about it because you're loaded when you do it. Mm-hmm. But I just never felt that. And I think as now that I'm in it and I don't understand it 100% because sometimes it still pops up and kind of freaks me out a little bit. But I don't know. I just don't need to hear it as much, you know. No, and I think that not only have we both lived it, but we've both. I'm always willing to listen to somebody if they want to share. But after a certain extent. Like, okay, so I know that you've you've earned your place here. Um, but what else is going on? Like, what are the, what are the positive things that you're doing now? I I think the relatability aspect of it is the most important part of it. You know, it's what happened, what changed and what it's like now. Mm -hmm. And so we all need to, and I think in a way too, there's a ritual to it, especially in the rooms. There's a ritual with what happened because we all need to respect. And I feel like we need to respect and observe the ritual of what happened. 
you know so it is important but it's for yes and i'm with you there too it's harder for me to relate to it because i'm a little farther from it than i was before it doesn't mean that that tomorrow that's not my reality because it absolutely could be my reality and once again here i am doing that trope of the alcoholic on the edge but i know that i'm not tempted to walk towards the edge but it's always there and i could just be careless and convince myself that it's okay do you know what i mean well the the bottle the bottle's not the devil dude i'm the devil mm -hmm. you know (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm here to do the devil's work. Yeah. Well, yeah. And we discuss it as an allergy, and it's like, it's not that it's like a peanut allergy. It's not that I'm always right. on the brink of eating a peanut. I just have to be diligent to avoid them whenever I'm in a situation where there's, you know, food. <clears throat> right? So, right. so our situation, our allergy, we, we have to be, can be brought on. It's, it's a little more complicated than a peanut allergy. Because it can be brought on by um, bouts of sadness, depression, not right. taking care of ourselves, feeling bad about ourselves, and and wanting to instantly feel better. So right, I and also if someone sneaks a little beer like into your beer cheese soup. You're not going to go on a bender. <laughs> probably it's pretty likely you're not. But yeah. Whereas if someone snuck a not. peanut into your fucking omelet, you're going to go to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. So I, I, but uh, the analogy works though. So I think that that's that there are a far more components that I have to be diligent on a daily basis to put together this. Just put together, you know, put together a life I don't feel like I have to drink over. Right. Which I can't believe how long I did it, Jerry. Like how long I just woke up and was like, well. And I would say this to myself in the mirror. I would look at myself in the mirror and I and I would like get ready for work and I'd be feeling like shit and I'd be so hungover and I'd get out of the shower and I'd comb my hair or whatever and I'd be ready and I'd be mm-hmm. like, this is as good as it gets, man. This is as good as it gets. And I would yeah. say it all the time and I would be so sad. I can believe it. <laughs> I can believe you drank that much. <laughs> Absolutely, because I drank that much. Mm-hmm. I can believe it. Yeah, see, that's the thing, though. You look at yourself inwardly, and you're like, how the fuck did I do that? And I look uh, at you like, outwardly uh-huh. from where I'm sitting, and I'm like, I know how you did it, because I did it. Mm-hmm. So both of us did it, and you know how I did it, because yeah, you did it. I, yeah. It's weird, man, because I do the same thing. I like look at myself inwardly and go, why was that even viable for you? Because that's all I knew, right? But mm-hmm. why, though? And But you can look at me and go, I know why, because I did it too, stupid. Like, mm-hmm. we both did it together. We both did it separate, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was viable because some of us, that's all we know. <coughs> some of us, and that's, I think, that the hell of it is knowing it while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. You know? This is like hitting yourself in the face and knowing you're hitting yourself in the face and you just keep doing it to try to get something from it. Because you got something from it before. So you keep thinking, well... Maybe another coin will pop out of my ear if I keep hitting myself in the face because it did one time, <laughs> you know, or whatever. It's just, I get it. And and that's the part about getting better. Didn't we talk about active and passive recovery? We did. So I was going to bring this up too because it's in Mishka's book, Cold Turkey, on Audible, which I highly right. suggest to anybody, mm-hmm. everybody. Right. And the way he presents it is more like, Active and passive being kind of steps of recovery, Mm -hmm. like phases of it. And the way I look at it too is it could even go into another level of active and passive where it is almost like, oh man, I'm trying to capture the thought here. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Because the way he he presents it is as 
kind of steps. Like I said earlier, like in the beginning, you're impassive. In the first few and then days, once you're right. out of the, Yeah, and then once you're out of that, you actively are trying to recover. And I also think of it as like actively and passively working out or doing things that are healthy for you, right? Mm-hmm. Like in my opinion, like passively getting healthy is like eating correctly, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to physically labor yourself to eat correctly. Just don't eat so much of this thing and eat more of this other thing. Mm-hmm. And then you go into this like active type of recovery where that's where you physically work your body. They're doing construction on the alley outside of my house. So nice. This dude's just been slamming on this fucking thing all day. So if that shows up in the pod. It will. Um, but it will. Thank Sorry. you for, uh, for sticking through it with us. No, it's just me punching a wall the whole time. <laughs> Can't see it on video though. But um, so that's what I think too about part of getting better is you have to recognize the active and passive parts of it as well. Mm-hmm. There is the act of, act of praying and being spiritual. And then there's the act of like, um, damn, what's the word I'm looking for? Routine. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, having your routines and your rituals. Mm-hmm. You know? It's and two. You think I, I, I also like to think that like, it's, it's okay to kind of switch it up and try different things. Um, because when you talk about eating right and I felt like this, well, this last year has been not the best. <laughs> it did not go the way that I planned, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> for any, for, most well, for of anybody. Us, right. But, yeah, I think, um, yeah. but one of the things that happened was last November after I ran the half marathon and then I hurt my leg and then I wasn't able to like up my running as much as I wanted to. And I wasn't able to like lose the weight and like get in shape the way that I thought I was going to in the spring. And then the quarantine and the coronavirus and the anxiety and the depression. And I actually gained weight. And I was like, I'd be like counting my calories, but I'd also be like, well, fuck it. If I went over by 300, I'm, I can't beat myself up about it over this. Cause I don't right. know what the well, fuck's going f- on. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't following that strictly to a T so then just recently, like I would logging everything in and doing all the stuff. And, and I was like, you know what? I really want to try not counting calories anymore. Okay. I've been doing it for a year mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I, <laughs> let me know what you think about this, <laughs> but no, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, I have learned this. I know what I need and I know what is too much and what is you know, what is overdoing it? I know that I can't have three pieces of pie in a day, let alone at one meal. I know that if I'm going to have something like exceptionally, I know what's like, what's super sugary. I know what's super fatty. I know what, you know, I know the difference between, I I know what an actual tablespoon of olive oil looks like at 120 calories. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, so you've learned all this. So what if you just stop? And I didn't just quit it because I was like, I mean, part of me, I, qu- I quit it because I just felt like it wasn't working. I felt anxious about it. I was like tired of doing it. But I was like, what if you quit doing it? You can always go back. You're not going to, yeah. you're not going to, you haven't, you're, I, I got over the fact that like, oh, it's not a failure because I didn't do it because I forgot one day. And that's where this came from is I literally just forgot. I was in a hurry. I came in, I made food, I went to work and blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, shit, I didn't log anything in. How could I have done that? How the hell did that happen? I've been doing it for, you know, for a year. Mm -hmm. So I thought about intentionally, what if I just kind of followed my intuition about what was right? And so 
I don't want to say that like it was a crutch. It was more of a tool that was important to me. And then I will probably go back to, but I was like, let me just experiment with kind of being a little more freeform. Yeah, it wouldn't hurt. It's not like you're going to gain those fucking hundred pounds back. No, <laughs> I it's going to take, you have to work to get that hundred pounds back. Like it'll take you about a year, maybe longer, two years to get it back. And you know? I'd have to be pretty actively fighting. You would have to actively be gluttonous. Like you would have to just fuck a pie every night. Mm-hmm. Just fuck that thing up like every single night. So I don't think it's a bad idea. I like the routine of it personally, mm-hmm. but I'm also a little uh, compulsive about things. Mm-hmm. I tend to have like that tilt of being compulsive. I like parameters. And as I get older, this 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 old punk rock rebel now loves boxes <laughs> and rules. Like I love rules. Mm-hmm. Like to put rules on myself and boxes and parameters. Like I find that organization to be really really comforting to me. But uh, I I hear you. And you can and. It is hard to not beat yourself up when you go outside of the routine that's worked for you. And you're like, I feel better. I don't want to go back to having heartburn every night or to having to fucking take a shit every time I eat. Because I'd get so full, I'd have to shit every time I ate. Jesus Christ, Jerry. Every time I ate, yeah. So, like, not every time I ate. Like, if I ate at the house. But if I were out to dinner, immediately IBS. Like, it didn't matter what it was. And so I never wanted to go out and eat because I was like, your digestive system is constantly working, constantly working. Yeah, because I would eat. Oh, dude, I would fucking rock. I'd eat like two mm-hmm. lunches in a day. We, we just call that bang, bang. Yeah. You got bang, bang. Do today, bang, bang. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to do a bang, bang. And I'm like, fuck, yeah, dude. I already had pho. What else can we do? We're going to do a burrito. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do a burrito day, dude. <clears throat> Farito, the pho and the burrito. Yeah, Farito. Um, yeah, just pho and a burrito. But anyway, I, I think it would be helpful for you because it's like one more thing. I think you can prove to yourself that you're self reliant, that you can rely on yourself and trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is this, and so and that's a, that's another good point that I I guess I wasn't thinking about, um, concretely, but a lot of it was I wanted to get off it. And because I I didn't want to feel so guilty, right? I'm so Mm -hmm. used to feeling guilty about not doing the right thing all the time, every single day. And that if I fail one time, I'm going to be ruined forever. Like the whole meditation thing where I did like 48 days straight and then I forgot. And I was like, it's all fucked. Well, because you're, (laughs) I think sometimes, and it's not really me trying to analyze you, Mm -hmm. but I I kind of, because I kind of do a similar thing. I'm trying to apply the rules of my alcoholism to other parts of my life. Yes. And sometimes those rules work really well. And sometimes they can be a detriment because if you drink, in all likelihood, you'll go back to drinking the way you were drinking before. But if you fucking forget to meditate one day, it's not like you're going to go back to this emotional unrest you had that caused you to meditate in the first place. Or if you don't count calories one day, it's not like you're going to go back to the state you were in that caused you to want to start counting calories, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's the thing that works for you. And it's also, I think we're all or nothing kind of guys, you know? <clears throat> yeah. And so it's tough. I think that's what it of, is, dude. Uh, but I also yeah. don't think that I'm going to go back to eating two pints of Ben and Jerry's a night. No. I didn't count yesterday. I counted most of the day. Actually, I told myself I wasn't going to count because it was my birthday. Yeah. And, uh, I was like sitting in front of the TV and I had counted all the way up to lunch and I ate a really light lunch, like just a quick peanut butter and honey sandwich on like low calorie bread. And then I was like, all right, I'm done counting. I'm going to have my fucking Sonoran hot dogs. And then I ate two fucking Sonoran hot dogs. And then I ate a third weenie just wrapped in bacon and felt like shit the entire time because I was so fucking full. I haven't eat- I was really physically uncomfortable. Then as soon as I felt like I had digested that, I got up and had a 
little tiny piece of cake and a tiny piece of pie and then felt like shit again for like another 30 <clears throat> minutes because I'm not used <clears throat> to eating like my body's physically not used to eating like that. Yeah. And so today I was like, I'm going to fucking run. I got to burn some of this, you know? Well, and you're, you're, yeah, you're just, your body's not used to it. And it's, oh, I like, felt awful. It's, it's amazing how, how quickly we become adjusted to well being that, that even a little bit of the fucking horrors of, I, mean, I could have done fine with just one hot dog yep. and some beans and just rolled with it, you know, because I made Sonoran hot dogs, you know, the bacon-wrapped hot dogs mm-hmm. with salsa and all that shit, and they're delicious. But anyway, I could have done fine with that. But no, I ate two with buns and then went back in the kitchen and picked up the weenie <laughs> and was, like, just snacking on it like like a cigar, like just uh-huh. holding it like a cigar, you know. Yeah, watching TV my wife, she's like, are you sure you want to do that? And I'm like, yeah, I got this shit. And then like 20 minutes later, I was like, fuck, I'm so fucked up. This is how I used to feel. it's all or nothing. Yeah. It's all or nothing, dude. It's always been all or nothing. So I can relate a lot to your feelings towards it. I can also support you in saying, give it a try. Go off the, go off the fucking, get off the counting for a little while and see where it gets you. Just weigh yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weigh yourself like once a, I weigh my I used to weigh myself every day now I weigh myself like once a week but mm-hmm. but uh, yeah yeah I haven't weighed myself actually in a week or two maybe I should go weigh myself after this yeah I mean I so I just I again that idea of self reliance <laughs> and not feeling guilty about all the things that I'm doing and so I, I I think that again it's a fine line with sobriety especially with sobriety especially because I know that if I have a drink I'm gonna fucking I. It's going to end poorly. Right. You know this. But you, and also, we both, here's the thing I don't want to test it. No. I don't want to test it interested. because I already know it. So people are like, well, how do you know? I'm like, I just know, innately know, just as sure as I fucking open up the door and there's going to be a sidewalk there. Like, I just know it. And I don't want to test it. Because mm-hmm. if I test it, then fuck, dude. Like, then I got to go through that. I also know when that I, I also know sucks. that I, like, not not to feed myself a line of bullshit either about like, well, I'm just trying something new out here by not doing any of my program and see how it goes. Boo, right. Right. Just yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, for me, it's about tweaking it and finding, <clears throat> we always talk about trying to find balance and I don't know that it, if it ever exists or if we're constantly on a fucking teeter totter. I, th- uh, I think we're always overcorrecting. I don't think, I, in my personal outlook on it is I will never find it completely. Mm-hmm. I'll find brief moments of it that are beautiful and I'll be super grateful for them. And hopefully my moments of them will become less and less brief. But I don't think I'll ever – I don't think – I don't just don't think life allows that shit. Mm-hmm. We're in the middle of the fucking Rona pandemic. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like life doesn't allow you nothing. Which is how <laughs> I'm going to end this podcast. <laughs> yeah, life doesn't allow no, you nothing. I'm just nothing. kidding. Um, right but get scared straight kid but i do think that sobriety has allowed a lot of things to happen and has allowed me to make choices that were were literally unavailable to me when i was right so adjustments within your life the balance Mm -hmm. finding the balance Mm -hmm. the adjustments that affords you something but i just i mean on the big void everything going around on us around us you know that is kind of unforgiving but what you do within that void and the way you steer and balance and you know once again using the nautical terms the way you navigate it mm-hmm. you know that that's uh that's that's precious that's precious so that's precious. how was your birthday yesterday fucking perfect it was a great day it was fucking awesome it was awesome i woke up and i didn't even paint i just i cooked all day i mm. made myself my own cake 
I made myself my own dinner. Like, it was great. And Megan was like, I feel so bad because I didn't make you shit. And I'm like, that's all right. I like doing this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm going to take the day out from painting, I need to find something to do. I can't just sit here anymore. Huh. I can't just sit How here. I can that? play games, but then I get bored of the game or I get a headache. or mm-hmm. you know. And I just can't. I, I'm not the type to be able to sit and watch like two movies in a day. I can watch maybe one movie or like with a TV show, I can't binge it. Like Megan can binge a show for six hours. Uh-uh. I can maybe do two episodes and I'm done. Yeah. I'm on my iPhone. I'm drawing. I'm trying to find something to do. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I like to be active. I like to actively entertain myself. So cooking. I cooked all day. It was great. What, Olive what sang kind of to cake? Me. Oh. I made a, a French vanilla cake, but it was a box cake. But I replaced the water with milk and condensed milk. Mm. So bam. And then I, instead of using oil, I used uh, melted butter. Sounds delicious. So I got rid of the canola oil, melted a half a cup of butter... Yeah, and then use milk and condensed milk instead of water. And then use my mom's instructions, cooked it slow and low. That's what Leanne said. She <laughs> that says, what, yeah. <laughs> she didn't use that term exactly, but she was just like, if the if the if the box says three fifty, you turn it down to three forty five. And you don't leave it in there for the full half an hour. You take it out ten minutes before the half an hour. And you can tell it's done when you tap the pan and the thing springs, then it's done. <laughs> when it separates from the pen because my mom was a baker for a living you know mm-hmm. yeah there you go but I burnt the cake I burnt the shit out of it anyway mm. but that's alright but you had a good birthday I had a great birthday that's good I had a great birthday that's good no exercising I think I think you can allow yourself that You've, and you did five and a half miles today I think you'd be alright yeah dude you know because the thing is I'm in here I'm just trying to get chicks you know just <laughs> right. exercising so young chicks will fucking <clears throat> Help me cheat on my wife. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. And it's just, uh, I think that all these things and all of these, all of these practices that we put in place are just, just to have a better, better life and a better day. And I, I, I do so. And I've talked to. I have another. I have a friend who's still actively drinking, and um, you know, I talk about like getting older and I talk about age and I, I say, I say things to him like, you know, there's probably, if I'm lucky, if I take care of myself, I probably got another 40 years on this planet. And he's like, mm-hmm. 40 years. I don't think I'm going to make it that long. Like, Psh. and I, I think about that and I, I think it's probably something glib and, tr- you know, to say to me, mm-hmm. but what scares me and what I, when I think about taking care of myself, when I think about my sobriety and stuff like that is like, those last few years of his life, even if he lives to be tw- for another, if he lives only for another twenty years, and he continues mm-hmm. to drink, I imagine those last few years are going to be filled with a lot of pain and disease and hurt and yeah, struggle probably. and like <clears throat> that kind of stuff. I don't want to say it terrifies me, but it's definitely something I think about for myself, which I never did before. Right. I think you're actively mm-hmm. trying not to have that happen mm-hmm. to you. You know, but like once again, the future's uncertain, John. You never know, baby. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But but at least you can have some stake in it and be like, listen, if if I have a choice in the matter, this is what I'm going to do, right? Yeah, dude, I love my fucking Fitbit, right? This is a weird <laughs> non sequitur, but I love sure. my Fitbit because it tells me my resting heart rate. And over the past like two years, I've owned it because I got the Fitbit. I went on counting calories and then got the Fitbit shortly after that. And so for the two years I've owned it since 2018, I've watched my heart rate, my resting heart rate slowly go down. Do you know what I mean? Like the numbers go down to where it's like a, like where I'm healthy now. 
And I love that. I love being able to look at this and, and look at a little Fitbit and then I scroll the thing over and it says, your heart rate is excellent for a man your age. And I'm like, fuck yeah, it is. <laughs> fuck yeah, it is because I ran five and a half fucking miles today and I enjoyed the whole five. Even though my lungs burnt and my legs, my hips are a little hurt, you know, mm-hmm. a little sore. Man, I took my shirt off halfway through and just ran in the sun because it's like this thought of everything being transitory. Mm-hmm. All of life is transitory, man. It's impermanent. So... If I have a choice in the matter, this is what I'm going to do, man. I'm going to fucking not get loaded because I feel better. And if I'm going to be in this stupid transitory existence, I might as well feel okay some of the time. As best as as I can. As good as I can. As best, as good as I can get, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I got to tell you, I don't even, in the summertime, I don't even go out with the shirt. Like, I don't even wear one. I know you do. You're leathery <laughs> as fuck. You're one of those old leathery dudes just running around. Just old baseball mitt. Uh, That's old baseball mitt Johnny. Basically. I see you in your another fucking 10 years, 60s. 60s, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just in tight, tight, little tiny running <laughs> shorts. Just like headband, thinning hair. Mm-hmm. And those same yellow sunglasses <laughs> held together, just as fucking hoping a prayer. Not really. You'll probably find ten pairs on Amazon at that point. But I can see I it. Think, I can see it. I think our I think our buddy Walter has another pair because he was working the same night that same New Year's Eve party. So I oh, think he's they, got like, a pair on his wall that I want to I want to steal from him. Are they Shock Top? Like, is it from a beer company? They're, or something? No, they're actually so the orange sunglasses that I wear. They're Vuv uh-huh. Clicquot. They're fancy fucking champagne sunglasses. Oh, fancy champagne. Yeah. So, um, and I just got them and I just, I was like, yeah, I'll take some fucking orange sunglasses. And then I just started wearing them. And it's funny too, is when I started wearing them, they were, my head was too fucking big for them. Right. So they were like, mm-hmm. like Mr. Potato head glasses. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Like if I go back through my Under Armour um, uh, app, all the pictures yeah. I've taken of myself. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck, dude, those glasses did not fit my giant head, which my head is still big, but it's not quite as big as it used to be. It's not big, like, like wide. width-wise. Yeah, it's not as wide now. Yeah. It's still, you've still got some good vert, mm-hmm. you got some good vert on you, John. So you got a lot of vertical. So I think getting, getting better is a practice. Yeah. I, there's nothing else I, I can say. Right. It's a practice. So practice what you preach. And practice. Papa don't preach. Papa don't preach. W-A-P. Papa don't preach. W-A-P all day long, dude. We we always pray. We, we always pray. <laughs> I hate that praying shit at the end because it makes me sound like a weird youth pastor, dude. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, so are you girls down with W-A-P? We always praying? <laughs> <clears throat> so I think that it's important to remember getting better takes it takes energy it takes effort it takes my it takes my patience it takes it takes a lot man but it's for me it's so much more it's so much it's worth so much more than what was going on in my life five years ago mm-hmm. you know q and q and joe's music doom doom boom, boom, doom. <laughs> yes <laughs> q and joe's music and the uh out outro uh, Ace for Alcoholic is brought to you by you, the patron. <clears throat> Thanks, Jerry. Good yeah, talk. Yeah, thank you, man. All right. Yeah, good talk. All right. Later. Bye. Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at Ace for Alcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah.